This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show! Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these are opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Today's guest, luckily Darcy's not too hard on me. Yeah. Um, he has the whip in the car though. Yeah, exactly. Um, today's guest is Tara Ernst, the new president yep. of Beyond the Blue. Yes. Right on. Yeah. So uh, how we do this, uh, you just tell us whatever you want to tell us. Okay. So you have as much time as you want. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, I'm just really excited to hear, uh, not just because of the climate right now, but in general, because I've encountered your program a couple of times through the last five years mm-hmm. and every time I do, um, I, I really am encouraged by what you you folks are representing mm-hmm. um, and, and the stability that it adds to probably the police family of its own, on its own, right? That stability of having the people behind you. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, t- I mean, man, I'm excited. This oh. is, we got to come out here to um, Glenifer Lake, Glenifer Lake, Glenifer Lake, yeah. Alberta, and and meet with you. So thank you for having us. Oh, thanks for coming. I, I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Yeah. So I mean, the the story behind Beyond the Blue is, um, I mean, I'll back up right to when my husband and I first met, mm-hmm. and he was working kind of just random jobs, but he knew he wanted to be a police mm-hmm. officer. That was kind of his his thing, and and we. So I knew that if my life was going to go down that way, mm-hmm. that that was going to be my role, was I was going to be a police spouse. And it never scared me. It was just, okay, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the type of person that I like to have tools in my toolbox almost, yeah. I would say. I'm, I've always self-help books and I've read every one of them. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and so I've always kind of had that arsenal that I was going to make the best of this and mm. I was going to do what we could and I mean I'm not naive to think that every person that walks into this career they know the numbers whether mm. it's we're not even sure where the numbers for divorce came from yeah but I think we've all heard 87 85 to 87 percent oh yeah and we have so you kind of look at that and you go okay well we're going to be the other side and mm-hmm. that was what we decided immediately yeah. and so um Fast forward to when my husband got on to the job. Um, obviously, is a super exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, we rate, he proposed to me um, when he knew he had that stability. Mm-hmm. So for him, when he got on the job, it was that's when we, um, yeah, that's when 
he proposed. And so one of the things that we really wanted, and at the time, I really speak to the chaplaincy program that was at mm. the time and, and the value of that you um, you guys bring to the CPS. And so at the time, it was paid chaplains yeah. um, that were police officers. And so we had reached out to them and said, we would like to do marriage prep mm -hmm. through you guys. Um, you know, we had both grown up going to church and all of that kind of stuff, but we kind of wanted some advice coming from within. Mm -hmm. And so there at the time, it was uh, Kevin McInnes and, and Jim Amsing, and they sat down with us, I think it was once every couple weeks for six weeks. Yeah. And we got really fantastic advice. Um, that really set our marriage up for success mm -hmm. right from the beginning, I believe. Um, and I really valued that. And so at the time as well, um, Kevin McInnes' wife was putting on a, she decided she wanted to put on a police spouses retreat mm -hmm. in Kananaskis. And so I'm new in this world, but I was like, I'd love to help. So I was on the board that started this, or we did this retreat in October of 2013. Mm -hmm. And from there, we that's where kind of Beyond the Blue was started. Mm -hmm. There was a bunch of us that were with CPS, and we kind of said, this needs to be a more consistent thing. Mm -hmm. We need to, we really need to support the spouses and the families yeah. within the Calgary Police. And so that's what we did, we started Beyond the Blue and mm -hmm. Calgary Beyond the Blue, and that was in 2014 is kind of when we, I guess, launched. And that started kind of the, the years of building. And mm -hmm. at that time, we were lucky enough to receive, we had proposed to the CPA, um, the Calgary Police Association, yep. and the CPS, and they both gave us money to start up. And we really, um, one of the big things that we didn't want to be because we had heard that, you know, people have tried to do this before mm -hmm. and it just became a, I don't want to say a, a bitch fest or, yep. a, you know, somewhere you can swear, where the, you can swear. the wives come in and they just complain about everything mm -hmm. on there. And so right away, that was a foundation that we did not want to be known as. Mm -hmm. And with the backing of CPS and CPA, we really knew that we had to kind of keep an eye on yeah. that and, and, and really promote that life is done better in community. Mm -hmm. And having a community of spouse or of police families is where we're going to be best mm -hmm. served so at the beginning i mean we started a facebook group that's you know for the most part that's been a big big part of just i think the community piece yeah um just knowing that oh i'm not alone in this mm -hmm. oh you know you oh husband's gonna be late for dinner again you know bad mm -hmm. guy got him instead or something and, yeah. and you everybody on there is like yeah I get it I get mm -hmm. it because I to be honest I I had trouble with my own family mm -hmm. not understanding the career and the the challenges I'd yeah. show up I had three kids uh, within four years and yeah. I had lots you know and so here I am showing up at family events by myself with three young kids mm -hmm. and you know me telling them that Graham's sleeping and they're they're like, well, I don't think he's pulling his weight and all mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I know the impact that it's hard for anybody outside of the police world to fully understand it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. They well, it might be impossible to understand it unless you're in it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
But with that, you need people that do understand that. Yes. To, to, so that you don't feel like, oh, maybe there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so, yeah, I mean, part of, um, part of the growth of Beyond the Blue, I think that, you know, all these years we've done a great job. You know, we occasionally will run education programs, mm-hmm. bring in speakers. We've done a big conference before. Um, but now when we're looking forward with Beyond the Blue, we're really looking at looking at three pillars, mm-hmm. communication, or sorry, community, education, and resources mm-hmm. are our big pillars that we want to provide for families. Because um, again, I think I've always said that I actually believe that spouses have a lot of influence mm-hmm. in their spouse's career. Absolutely. I'm not saying, you know, I don't like the word power. I don't like control or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I believe, um, and I've seen it in my own relationship, the the impact that if you can be a safe place that they can come home to mm-hmm. and that they want to come home to, yeah. then it impacts their, you know, emotional stability. Mm-hmm. It impacts their, you know, their ability to go for promotion and all of these things yeah. that come with their career if you can be the safe place that they can come mm-hmm. home to, you're gonna, as a family, you're gonna do really well. No doubt. And I and I really think that this world of police families, there's a lot of great little blessings mm-hmm. too, and you know, they take four days off and we get 12. Yeah. I mean, if you can look at the positives, then that helps, right? Yeah. And, and so I think your attitude and your, um, your ability to come into it knowing that you're going to have to be you're going to have to learn how to be mm-hmm. adaptable because there are things that are going to come up yeah. and you have to know that it's not them they would love to be able to come home to you mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and again I'm not naive to think that there's there's issues in relationships and I think a lot of the divorces that happen there's communication struggles from day one mm-hmm. and they're just amplified in this career right um and that's every career every job has Mm -hmm. their issues and all this job has some specific issues that other jobs don't absolutely and i and you know for example um when the kids are young it's great you don't have to go to the Mm -hmm. zoo on weekends (laughs) because we all know cops don't like crowds um and all of that kind of stuff so there is flexibility and now and now when it comes to the kids getting older and going to school Mm -hmm. that presents its own challenges and and for us when our son was in grade one he started saying um dad are you on days off this weekend Mm -hmm. and there's usually a chunk of four to six weeks that they're working every weekend and so our son would be like oh you're never on days off when i'm on days off Mm -hmm. And that was heartbreaking. Oh, and bet. so for us as a family, we really decided that to do this life well, mm-hmm. you need to be intentional. Yeah. And intentionality is, I don't, I don't think it's a normal thing in society anymore. I don't think we it just is either. do what everybody else is doing. So your kids are in 50 sports. Oh, well, I got to keep up with that. And yeah. But I think I've seen it in my own family that, you know, when your kids become your life and you overexert yourself, mm-hmm. then divorce could happen whether you're a police family or not. Yeah. And I think that, so that for us became a very in, 
a very big thing that we we were mm. always intentional so i mean we ended up homeschooling which again i fully i mean we know through covid <laughs> not everybody wants to people choose that yeah. they're not if it's not your choice that's a really hard decision mm. right um, but that was what we did for our family yeah. so that we could go skiing on the week or during the weekdays yeah. and in the winter and we we could come out to the cabin and mm. spend time right and I know again I know that that's not realistic for everybody mm. but I think being intentional still is a huge mm. part of that so one of the things you know beyond the blue has done from the beginning and probably where we've gotten most of our you know current members mm -hmm. is we go to every recruit class family night oh, okay because we want to get them right from the beginning because yeah. if if we're gonna make impact and change in mm -hmm. a relationship it's gonna be you know because the police world the first five years is the honeymoon period mm -hmm. and then after five years you everybody's an asshole and <laughs> and, and you well, know, all your bosses everything are is bullshit yep. and right like and and it's like yeah we can see it and and you know my husband and i laugh now because the new people that come on to his team and about year five mm -hmm. we're like oh yeah okay this is this is pretty standard yeah um so you know we really look at trying to get them started with people right away mm -hmm. and knowing that they're not alone right away yeah um now would i love to have some of the people that have made it through and been mm -hmm. around those are the people that we're, we're trying to figure out how to reach. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, showing up to recruit class night is great. Mm -hmm. um, we do all of the family events and we, are, we have a table and yeah. we show up and we're trying to do our best, but we want to reach everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and the growth has been incredible. I mean, we have over 530 members currently, well, oh, right which on. is, I mean, when you look at a police service of 1500 about yeah we're doing pretty good it's really good. um but i know there's people out there that probably are doing mm. this alone and that that it makes me a little bit sad yeah, because no i doubt. think it's a hard it's a hard life mm. in that sense um what else i mean what do you think some of the um what do you think some of the pitfalls are for um new members and their families like what are some of the major pitfalls that just from your experience um i think fear mm. um, again I think even though I believe we have the best service across Canada I, I yeah. truly 100% believe that CPS is miles ahead of where a lot of the other ones are mm -hmm. um, in terms of just resources and all of that kind of stuff yeah. and support and support yeah. it's crazy um, I think media right like mm. unfortunately um, uh, I mean, especially right now, but we all see it. I mean, you read mm -hmm. the newspaper and it's easy to get caught into the comments, yeah. right? Looking at a story, um, whether it's true or not, or, mm -hmm. or fully true. Yeah. I mean, there's always some truth. Um, and then going through the comments and mm -hmm. feeling that like desire to want to defend mm -hmm. your spouse. Yeah, of course. And so I think fear is one of them. I think, you know, a lot of people come into this and it's not their first career. Yeah. It's your second and third. And mm -hmm. so as a spouse or family who have, are used to them being home, yeah. you know, every night, mm -hmm. um, the, the change of that is huge. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel fortunate that 
I knew going into this life with my mm -hmm. husband that that's the route we were going. Yeah. Um, but not everybody kind of has that, and I think that that offers a a challenge mm -hmm. in itself. Um, I think shift work always does. Such a killer. Yeah. Um, with sleep, with right. I mean, mm -hmm. we all know how we act with no with. Yeah less sleep we're a little more irritable like mm -hmm. think of that over time yeah and so one of the things that i always said with my husband and i know he knows he's a lucky one mm -hmm. is that i valued his sleep mm -hmm. and whether that meant that i had to do more with the kids mm -hmm. whether that meant i had to you know change schedules around or mm -hmm. or not I, I tried not to ever wake him up yeah. because I knew that if I had, he had good sleep, I had happy Graham or happy, yeah. right, for three good days rather than setting mm -hmm. him off right away. Yeah. And again, that's a challenge for some people. Mm -hmm. That's a really, um, that's a choice. That's yeah. a choice that I think that is not an easy one to make and mm -hmm. sometimes you're annoyed that they're sleeping and yeah. you're dealing with kids for yeah you know, four days when they're working because they're not very helpful during those days. Yeah. Um, but again, I think a lot of being a police spouse comes down to choice and attitude mm -hmm. and choosing to kind of look at your spouse and go, this, this is the career he chose. Yeah. So my, which means that that's my path too. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to make this the best yeah. for all of us? So it's more like a partnership. It becomes like a partnership which becomes more effective. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it comes back to like when people maybe just feel badly, like the spouse or the partner feels badly because they're not seeing their partner? Do you think that's sometimes why they interrupt their sleep and, and do stuff is because they're lonely for them? And maybe their expectation of them being on the job, like... To me, everything always comes back to our expectations. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah, so it, it feels like if you go into that expecting it to be a normal job, you're going to be really frustrated. You're going to be disappointed and, right? and yeah, absolutely frustrated. Yeah, and, and so the fact that there's a, a group um, of families that, that are supporting the members, see what, like, I just hope all of the families of members gradually come and gather with mm -hmm. you guys because... Um, that's where the community then becomes like healing mm -hmm. and supportive, right? And when then, when everyone knows the expectations and maybe we get faced with, well, our expectations might be a little unreasonable, right? Absolutely. Unreasonable to expect a guy to work 12 hour night shifts and then to mow the lawn all day and do yard work in between. And be a fully functioning human being. Yeah. And be happy to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I completely agree with that we talk about expectations are the killer of most relationships mm -hmm. in general right yeah. whether that's friendships whether that's family yeah. I, I think that that is a huge thing in itself mm -hmm. and coming in here and going okay well on mother's day or on my birthday or on christmas even mm -hmm. like they're going to take that time off and they're going to be home like hopefully you can have conversations around that yeah because i think you know um, that's part of being that adaptable and, mm -hmm. and flexible and, yeah. and learning that, right? If, if Christmas is super important to you, then that needs to be relayed mm -hmm. so that, okay, you're home on those days and you yeah. take time off. Maybe that's a holiday, but, yeah. you know, it, you have to have those conversations mm -hmm. 
And I think that's where the pitfall is, is that, yeah. well, I just expect you to take that off. And they're mm. going, but it's triple time. Exactly. Right? Like, I was just thinking that. I'm like, how could you expect someone to take that off? For me, I'm like, work every holiday, right? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. we can make up days whenever We'll here do Christmas there. on the 28th. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, and, and CPS, I have to give them credit. They've, even when Graham has been working mm. on Christmas, he can usually come home for opening presents mm. or he can come home for dinner and then you know or whatever like I, I feel like again a lot of that comes down to bosses mm -hmm. and sergeants yep. and all of that kind of stuff um, but we've been very fortunate with sergeants that have been very good with that oh, and, right and which has been great um, but yeah I think you have to have a foundation of I mean I think communication I mean it's I mean mm -hmm. we can all say that till we're blue in the air yeah. that it's the most important thing but I think even more so, right? I yeah. think, you know, for example, my, we would usually get in, not fights, but just when he woke up on his first day off, mm -hmm. if the house was messy, like he couldn't settle down mm -hmm. until the house was messy. Well, I'm taking it defensively because yeah. I've just had the kids for, you know, blah, Four blah, days blah, or whatever, yeah. right? And I'm getting defensive when instead we've decided, okay, if we just take the first 20 minutes and just tidy up, mm -hmm then he can come down and mm -hmm. then we can, but that was something that we had to learn over time. And you had to talk about it. We had to talk about yeah. it, right? I know at the beginning, I probably would wake him up and expect him to be at a family function, mm -hmm. you know, all bright eyed and cheery, even if he got good and good sleep yeah. on that first day, it's tough. Yeah. They feel like they're hung over all day. Yeah. Like, so to have conversations he was probably less likely to have them yeah. and then well then my family is judging that mm -hmm. do you know what I mean like yeah. there's so now I try not to plan anything mm -hmm. on that first day right so yeah. those are things that you you learn over time mm -hmm. and and where we want to walk beside people and go no yeah. no this is very normal yeah that you're you know or you're scared on night shifts mm -hmm. yeah at the, at the beginning, for sure. So if that means getting an alarm system, if mm -hmm. that means having a communication like, hey, I just needed to touch base at night uh, by text when for I go sure. to bed. Something. Whatever. And and then you talk to all of us veteran ones and we're all like, we love night shift. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> then you don't have to talk to them. <laughs> we get to order, skip the dishes and watch whatever show we want. You know, yeah. like, but yeah. that comes with time and, and that's where yeah. the passing on and the wisdom mm -hmm. We need that. Absolutely. Right? We need those people at the beginning to know that they're not crazy for mm -hmm. being scared. They're not crazy for, you know, mm -hmm. just wondering what's going on. Yeah. And, and to let them know that, like, it's important to ask for those times off if you need them. Absolutely. Right? Because, and trying to, like, for me to try to explain to someone, look, triple time is a thing. <laughs> like, it's a big thing. Huge. Right? It, it, and for some people, it probably means a vacation or not a vacation. Yeah. Right? Um, or the kind of vacation. Totally. Right? And and that kind of stuff is very important. So explaining that to new spouses member or new member spouses would be, I could think, essential. Absolutely. Because you probably cut out a whole bunch of fighting right off the bat by just simply saying, if you just simply let him know or her exactly. that this is important to us, yeah. to, to the family, then I, th I think you'll probably get a better result. Absolutely. And it's something as simple as, you know, going to restaurants mm -hmm. and, and you know, we always joke that, it, you know, your officer needs to sit, you know, with their back so they can see the mm -hmm. restaurant and, you know, like, and I know, I know of spouses that have made a big deal out of that. Mm -hmm. And I go, I choose 
to not make a big deal mm -hmm. out of it because they're naturally going to be more uh, hypervigilant mm -hmm. all the time. That's part of their job. So, And are you benefiting if you force him to have his back to the door? Is that a benefit for the, the meal? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and can you just not just go, well, whatever it is, what it totally. is. Totally. Rather than going like, I wish you could just turn it off, you know, when you're on days off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, unfortunately, that's not realistic for them for mm -hmm. what they see, right? And we're lucky. I mean, I don't even know half the stuff they see, no. right? At the beginning, of course, you, they tell you every story. But mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, you, you did that? Like, yeah. I had no idea. And it's not because they're trying to keep it from you. It's just like, it's just every day. And what, you, what, you, what are they going to do? Come home and tell you every day for the rest of your life? That is not going to be helpful. I don't want that either. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, like, you know, we can have conversations that don't always revolve around that. Mm. And, and, you know, I think one of the hard things is, is that because of what they see and, you know, um, if things aren't great at home or maybe they just, they've struggled with communication anyways mm -hmm. and you know the the whole PTSD and the and the occupational stress injuries and the trauma that they see if they don't have that ability to mm -hmm. um, down you know get rid of that yeah. it it I mean it affects the whole family unit yeah. right I mean it really does and so when you're looking at oh you, you know police officers are heroes mm -hmm. and you're going well that's nice because he's a a-hole at home that's right and that's a realistic thing mm -hmm. right and I think that's where it's like it's it's easy for me to say it's all about the attitude and all of that kind of stuff yeah but also knowing that trying to talk to your spouse if they're in that mm. world it's a very very challenging thing yeah. and that's where the resources and the education come in for yeah. us because I can't claim to know that mm -hmm. I can only do what I can on my end with yeah. you know relationships with psych services and peer support and I truly believe peer support needs to be a bigger um, education piece within the service oh my goodness that would be wonderful itself because yeah. um, I, my husband and I were talking about it the other day I said you guys work with each other all day long. Mm -hmm. You know when somebody is spiraling. Yeah. And, but everybody's afraid to get in that guy's business. Mm -hmm. And I said, and that's a problem because yeah. when, and so my husband is also with the CPA. Mm -hmm. He's a director on the CPA and it's provided such a neat kind of position for us and, mm -hmm. and, and seeing kind of a different side of the world of policing as well. Um, and even with me being the president now, mm -hmm. it's like it's this new kind of position. Um, but the guys that are now coming to the CPA and going, oh, my God, I, I fucked up. Yeah. And he, but all that may have taken was somebody saying somebody something. going like, I'm willing to walk beside you. Yeah. I, I'm going to get in this hole with mm -hmm. you and whatever it takes, because I'm concerned about this behavior at yeah. work. Right. Yeah. And so I, I mean, peer support, I think, is such a huge part. Of it's massive. Because not again, we can have all the resources in the mm -hmm. world. And if nobody's going to them or if they're yeah. forced to go to them eventually because they've gotten themselves in, in so trouble. deep. Yeah. But what we need is more peers. And so one of the programs that we want to look at as well, and we did this a while ago with Beyond the Blue, we have a peer support. We had a peer support team. Mm -hmm. um, 
it wasn't being utilized that much so right now it's kind of just me but I'd love to open up peer support again mm -hmm. and get as many people as they who wants to trains because yeah. I think it just adds value in how you deal with people outside of the police world. Of course. It's knowing what to say or how mm -hmm. to walk beside them and I yeah. think in general that could alleviate a lot of these mm -hmm. media attention stories that yeah. happen. Well, we would we would cut them out. We would cut them out. Yeah, we would We, we wouldn't be in the news for these big like holy he did that like or she did yeah. that like what were they thinking? Well, they weren't. They were in yeah. trauma, like, or they they were mm -hmm. off their rocker at that time, it, it's right? It's amazing too that the the level of unknowing that some of the um, established people in CPS, the executive mostly, yeah, I'm gonna try to be very like gentle there, yeah, and gentle not because there's anything per particularly wrong with anyone yeah. there. I yeah. have no idea who's all there to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's that it's unknown, right? Yes. Because we don't really know what the executive's up to. Totally. And it'd be nice to figure that out, yeah. but have the, um, the support that doesn't hinge on whether it's been done before, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the support for the members, because it's gotta be new. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't stumbled across the silver bullet yet. No. For like mental health, stability, all that kind of stuff, Absolutely. especially with first responders. Absolutely, right? yeah. And, veteran, and, and veterans as well, but Absolutely. we just haven't got there. Yeah. Uh, and so trying to, man, I, the peer support is such a hard element. Sorry, I, I was going down a pathway with the story where I suggested to a member of, this was a couple of years ago, uh, of the executive. I make suggestions to whoever I want because totally. I don't have any bosses yeah. except for, that thing up there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that yep, thing is too. up there. Yeah. Um, but I, I said, what do you guys do with fatalities, yeah. traffic fatalities? Like, do you have a decompression? Do you make them go through a, a debrief? And no. And I said, well, you do realize that a lot of the PTSD that I encounter with some of the members is a direct result of fatalities. Yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, well, we send an inspector out to ask if they're okay. And I'm like, what would you have said if you were a constable and inspector comes I'm fine. out? I'm fine, right? We went into this and then I got, I got like really closed down. Yeah. They closed me down big time. And I, and I said, look, you're treating this like I'm asking you to make it me. And yeah. I'm not. Yeah. What I'm suggesting is, because one of my really good friends on the job, he was in traffic for a few years, oh. and that's where he saw the most fatalities. Absolutely. Right? And his heart is broken. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever, he, he, he told me all these stories about, you know, he goes, yeah, Dave, like the inspector comes out, but nobody tells the inspector on scene that I'm having trouble, right? Totally. Now, some of the younger guys and girls might because they know that they have to talk or they're not going to get hurt. You but hope. You hope because when they get in there with the older cops who mm -hmm. don't talk about their feelings and, yeah. um, and we know that still rivers run deep, yeah. right? Most of them run very deep. Absolutely. And, I think we just encountered that up in Edmonton. Absolutely. With the with that a terrible incident, right? Well, um, yeah. where the officer took his, took his life. Yeah. I, yeah, and um, that, from for my money, when I go out with the police, and and I want to ask you all about your experience because I'm sure you've done ride-alongs and and all that stuff. But one of the things that bothers me the most about it, about the job in general, yeah. Not obviously not the people doing it. It's the job. Yeah. That requires you to be so hyper vigilant as you mentioned mm -hmm. but even if nothing happens so oh. like by the end of his shift i remember this one night i went with this these two constables and they were hard workers so they were busy all yep. night right yep. 
And, and by the end of the night, I was like, okay, so what are we going to do now, the three of us, yeah. to come down from this night? Yeah. Because nothing actually happened, but we were amped all night because mm -hmm. the calls were potentially, right? It was it's always there. a potential. It's always the a potential. It's the unknown. And, and that's what I brought to these people in the executive and said, um, well, this person who represented the executive. Yeah. Yeah. I won't speak for the executive, like I said, but um, it was absurd to him. Yeah. It was absurd to him to have a, like, even a 10-minute debrief remove the officers from the scene after the accident, whatever. Yeah. And this was just about fatalities. Yeah. This wasn't about that compounded occupational stress that's felt every day. Absolutely. Right? Because what happens, I know you probably talked to your husband, what, what does he go through when he gets a hot call and then he has to go right down to zero again? And then go to the next call, yeah. right? Like it's, you don't have that ability right like yeah, you're you you're expected to now okay put it back on yeah. right and so their armor is always on mm -hmm. and and trying to get that stripped away is very difficult oh my goodness and by the end of a shift the the armor has basically kept all of the feeling in and you said it earlier as you were talking about um his first day off after night shifts is like a hangover yeah it it, it almost feels like a um, I felt it almost every time I went out on a night shift with yeah. the guys and girls because I don't do nights, so, yeah, <laughs> so I feel hard awful enough anyway. As is, yeah, yeah. I, by four, five a.m., I am like literally talking gibberish. Oh, like, totally. Oh, yeah. They they usually all yeah, are. no doubt. Eh? <laughs> I just but it's so um, there's just so much bottled up, yeah. right? And and it makes sense to have like an emotional hangover mm -hmm. after cutting off your emotions for four days. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. and how so. And, but this is a question I'll ask you because yeah. I have no answer for it. Yeah. I ask myself all the time. But like, what is a good way to get rid of that yeah. during the shift? Because you and I both know we don't want to make them vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Because I don't want anybody getting hurt. Yeah. Because they're too, well, by according to some people, too soft or whatever. Yeah. But how do we bridge that gap so they're not building up all that stress all day? You've probably thought about this. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, on shift is a tough one, right? Because mm -hmm. like you said, it's that, um, you know, I know John Grilloni has done great work with heart math and, yeah. and you know, the I think the military and like some mm -hmm. of the stuff in the States really use heart math. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, I, I love heart math because there is a tangible, they can see mm -hmm. it, it's not so like, you're gonna meditate after, yeah. you know, after every call, like, mm -hmm let's be realistic that's not going to happen so i can tell you from experience that they will not do it <laughs> absolutely they will not right? i've suggested it <laughs> totally i mean we all know that it's yeah. the benefits and all of that kind of yeah. stuff but it's a you're dealing with a different crowd so you know i think i it's a it's i think it's mm -hmm. a one that we need to kind of try to figure out yeah because unfortunately that's where spouses kind of get their you know get upset is work gets the best of them yeah because they're hyper vigilant all the time they're mm -hmm. happy you know like they're amped up a bit yeah and then they come home and they're exhausted yeah so i think again as a family you definitely need to figure out what that looks mm -hmm. like right yeah. you know and and work on that um it's not easy right it's you know as much as you want to be like okay let's go for a walk because you know ed exercise is going to yeah. help them 
sometimes they really don't want to, yeah. right? And so you got to do it not on the day that they're trying to come yeah. off of that. You yeah. need to have a plan. Yeah. You need to go, okay, on your first day off, we're going to do this. Yeah. And then let's try to get active for, a, for mm -hmm. an hour. Like our family plays disc golf. Yeah. So let's go play disc golf mm -hmm. because we're outside in nature, which naturally is going to let them, you know, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But you have to, you have to have an idea. Mm -hmm. And that's where that intentional kind of piece. So comes you, from. what you're saying, having the idea, does like, is there lots of like occasional or regular pushback when there's not a plan and it's kind of sprung? Well, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. springing it on people who have not had a lot of sleep, have been hyper vigilant, probably isn't the best way. To totally. I, I think, like anything, if you're sprung, you know, let you should go for a walk. Yeah. They'll go. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just got off. Like I'm exhausted. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so. Um, you know, I don't know um, if you've read the book Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. Absolutely. So it's all bullshit he, and assholes. Exactly. But <laughs> what he is really trying to promote in mm -hmm. all services, and I and I, I, I hoped that the executive and everybody was there because he talks yeah. about after shift, letting mm -hmm. them go early and force them all to go into yeah. the gym for 20 minutes. 22 minutes, right? 22 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, you know that's a hard movement to start but mm -hmm. you know I said to my husband when you become a sergeant you should try yep. that right because if you're looking at the emotional health of your team mm -hmm. and all of that and not yeah. dealing with negative paper mm -hmm. and all of the, the stuff that c comes along with a bunch yep. of personalities together um, maybe that's a, something that you can try yeah. right as an almost a, as an experiment because yeah. I mean his his work is incredible and he was mm -hmm. hol hilarious and right to the point like he he knew what he was talking about mm -hmm. and so that book i really recommend people reading it right away yep. the hard part is, is that it's not in the first five years that yeah. you really even kind of think about that book yeah. i think it needs to be read by officers at year five mm -hmm. um i've said because i know they used to have the course actually did they offer it? i believe that uh, mark Cologi at one point ran a course that was similar because my husband did it at mm. probably year six and he went that's when you need to hear it because yeah. it's all true at that point right because you're starting to feel negative and exactly yeah. right where you know enough my husband always says you know enough but you don't know have any uh pull to do anything differently yeah right and so that's that's the yeah. challenge there. you've learned you've learned the dynamics of that agency you feel confident enough right yeah. he goes the first five years you still feel like every call is brand new and you mm -hmm. don't know what you're doing yeah and anybody that thinks differently like needs to, you know it's like, intense out there it's intense so and calls, every call calls. you go do yeah. and that's the fun part of the job that's right, right? is that there is no consistency and complacency complacency yeah. that way um but it wears on you. Mm -hmm. it, they're, realistically, you're dealing, like D Dr. Jody Carrington, I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. her, she's a clinical psychologist that's worked a lot with uh, first responders and kids. Mm -hmm. And she's like, when you're dealing with people that have, their lid is flipped, mm -hmm. that's who you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. You have to try to figure out how to get their lid back on, because mm -hmm. they're in fight, flight, or, you know, fight, that's or right. whatever. and. But if you come into that with a flip lid as well, it doesn't go very well, right? Yeah. And so it's learning, We're de they're dealing with the, you know, uh, this whole defunding the police. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it would be amazing to see better 
mental health resources mm -hmm. and better all of that but realistically yeah. you can't send a nurse to a call where there's violence where there's violence yeah. uh, she can't go by herself yeah. so the police still have like such an important role mm -hmm. um, and what are we expecting from them yeah. like how much knowledge are they supposed to have right mm -hmm. I mean I don't even go to my doctor anymore expecting that they know everything because they don't yeah obviously don't they obviously yeah. don't and sometimes you have to push for you yeah. know what you need and so I mean I, I yeah it's an interesting climate right now that's mm -hmm. for sure and we're definitely feeling it um, on our page are you? Um, yeah and you know it's hard it's easy again to read all the articles mm -hmm. and to read everybody on Facebook on you know that yeah. your friends are talking about all of this kind of stuff and and I've you know in our latest newsletter that's going out July 1st I kind of said you know what get off right if if mm -hmm. it's not serving you if it's if you're more irritable, if you're mm -hmm. more like agitated, if if you're anxious, all of mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, because we started seeing articles being, you know, while police families are being followed home, and it's like, well, okay, we're not the states, mm -hmm. thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think their issues down there are more systemic, even just with how they treat the police and yeah. what they get paid and all of that, that we could go into that. Oh forever. God, their training, their lack of training. Everything, yeah. right? And, and you know, I feel for them. So one of the things actually Graham and I got to do a few years ago um, when Paris Prasad, Prasad oh, he yeah. was a chaplain at yeah, the time. He was the chaplain. Yeah. Um, they were looking for police spouses to go down to North Carolina to the mm -hmm. Billy Graham center and because yeah. they put on the big uh, law enforcement family retreat down oh, there wow, okay. at the Billy Graham Center. So yeah. Graham and I uh, were fortunate enough to go mm -hmm. for free. It was incredible to be down there and that was life-changing for us to be able to look at and go, um, I mean, to realize how lucky we, lucky we mm -hmm. are because almost every officer that we talked to down there had been shot at, stabbed, mm -hmm. like it's a it's a it's a different world yeah and as much as we're grateful um the climate with how s the media and stuff is sometimes right mm -hmm. now it, it does make me a little fearful for sure of where we we could become that right if, if that's yeah. how you know and and does that mean that there aren't issues and policies and mm -hmm. all of that that can be done better hundred yeah. percent I, I we again. all know that I think but I don't I truly don't believe that anybody um, especially in the CPS are out there to really try to sewer their guys or their police you know yeah there's good bosses good managers yeah and and right now I mean the the chief has been very open to us mm -hmm. which has been great um, when he first came on he, I reached out to him and yep. he sat with me wow. in a meeting and I thought that was incredible that he saw the value in the family unit. Mm. Um, he seems like such a good guy. Like I don't want to speak too soon. I don't know yeah. what his policies or stuff are, but he just seems like a, at least he's honest. Exactly. He seems yeah. that way. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's really supported us and mm. I mean, we just had the counselor. I'm not sure if you saw the tweet that uh, I didn't. one of the Calgary counselors posted after the, everything down south happened it was basically along the lines of um with all the police violence 
against people of color. I wouldn't be surprised if all these co cops who have so much rage inside go home and beat their spouses. And that's what she wrote on Twitter. <sighs> and so, you know, as a... I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. Because it's true sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But that's a pretty blanket statement. That's an awful statement. you're also... I mean, you're talking about... Yeah, it's just a very... So, anyway, so I reached out... That's an out, awful thing to say. I reached out to... <laughs> I reached out to the chief. Yeah. And I all of a sudden was on a phone call with her, uh, the CPA president, mm -hmm. the senior officer's president, uh, the chief, and we all kind of shared the impact of a statement like that mm -hmm. can have. Like, you don't understand what that does to the family unit and which means if the family unit is stressed as well mm -hmm. it means that the officer is more stressed as well yeah. right and and so we we gave it to her and she or apologized on <laughs> twitter and Did everything she? but but that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with yeah. right now and yeah. and it it is impacting our mm -hmm. families and but i'm glad and the great thing is, though, is that we can have a sh safe place to be able to talk about some of this. Yeah. Because we all know on Facebook and Instagram and all of that, if you tried to say something, unfortunately, your voice, it, it, yeah. it would look poorly right now, right? Yeah. And so at least they have a place that they can vent yeah. that and feel that relief. Safe. Yeah, yeah. and that safe place. So yeah. it's, I can't imagine what it's like, like has, and I mean, we could talk about it probably all day what's going on now mm -hmm. right like because it affects the families and the officers so much yeah. uh, has there been any times where your husband's been like you know what i'm just not going to work because of what's happening um you know he's pretty good um he said you know for the first two weeks probably with all the protests and stuff and there's there was just a heaviness yeah right yeah. like uh, they came home and you're just kind of exhausted mm -hmm. but again like like a lot of things in media and all of that like there's a big period of it and then it kind of dwindles down, and yeah. and so now it's just like back to back to work like normal yeah. i mean you're, you're definitely nervous about gosh there's cameras in your face every mm -hmm. time you do anything get out of your car yeah right um which again is not always bad but unfortunately we all know that it never shows the whole story no and uh that's that's the hard part right yeah. and it's you know again we want to defend our spouses and you and you can't right like because you, you're really defending i truly believe and my husband said and i loved hearing this he goes in the last two weeks i've actually had more people buy me lunch mm -hmm. or pay for my coffee which just shows you it is more mm -hmm. the majority do believe in overall that they're yeah. doing a good job right yeah. and and believe in what they're doing so well, it's the noisy service. silent yeah. minor, m minority that yeah. just is really hard to deal with sometimes. i don't think people realize that calgary police service has one of the high i think it's either one of or the highest rate ratings yes. in north america i yeah. think right mm -hmm. um and so that is a big that's a big deal. That's a big deal. That means that the people of Calgary, and not all people, and don't get me wrong, I know we all know that there's officers who behave poorly. Uh -oh, we know of that. Of course. But we don't need to defend them by by defending the good ones because the good ones don't need a defense, right? Like, Absolutely. I, but I could feel the, the the want to mm -hmm. defend them because 
you know, they're good people, like my, my, my buddies. I, I want to defend them every time I get on Facebook and say, hey, like, li listen here, I love these guys. These guys are good humans. Totally. And, but all that does is make it worse. Exactly. Because w by, by trying to defend good ones, we're actually somehow um, mediating what happens to the bad ones. Absolutely. Somehow, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. We're toning down the impact that their behavior should have, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> and they'll be dealt with. We all know that. Like, they get dealt with, whether it be um, professional standards, whatever the, yeah. the agency has um, in terms of internal affairs. And we don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. Well, we don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah. But I could see why people are worried about it. And that's kind of where, I, you know, I challenged our, our group. I said, you know, I, I want you to get out a piece of paper and I wanna, want you to write down what you can control and what you can't control mm -hmm. right now. Because I think that sometimes we just, we focus so much on what we can't control. Yeah. And, and that's what officers do in general anyways, yeah. a lot of the times, right? That let's get back to like, mm -hmm. you know, what we can control. You can, yeah. con you can look at your own house and how mm -hmm. your spouse shows up to work. And, and maybe it's a conversation starter because I, you know, I think it's easy for cops. He, my husband said, you know, it's actually harder for me when people back me. Mm -hmm. It's easier when guys are just like, oh, you, you know, stupid pigs or whatever. He goes, yeah, whatever. We, yep. you know, but when everybody's like, oh, I feel for you guys. He's like, oh, like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's a weird dynamic almost, yeah. right? They're used, they're more used to it, but spouses aren't. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I think there, it can be a conversation between mm -hmm family units right now where yeah. spouses are probably feeling it a lot too mm -hmm. and it's easy for cops to be like oh ugh, we're so used to this or yeah. whatever but that may need to be a conversation because I think, so, yeah. I think that's an important like you know I appreciate that you're trying to defend me but yeah. you don't need to yeah I know what I'm doing I mm -hmm. know that what I'm doing is you know yeah. good and whatever right yeah. but uh, yeah I think the climate of policing it, it's a ebb and flow it changes mm. and there's things that come up and then all of a sudden the newspaper is running with it and I yeah. think you just kind of have to ride the roller coaster a bit I mean yeah. that's part of life too right it's well, not it, all good it's so not all good but you know what it's so funny because um, the I was telling you earlier we, we had a member of the police fraternity on from an agency in North America yeah trying to be really careful I don't yeah. want it because and, and so I keep saying the same thing over again, but she just described how when she looks in the mirror and putting the uniform on, because one of her friends sent her a message calling her a bastard, like all the others in uniform, right? And so of course she's like, this is an educated friend, right? An educated person who this person went to school with mm -hmm. and like studied and got their degrees together and all this kind of jazz. And she'd always wanted to be a police person, mm -hmm. always wanted to be a policewoman. So she finally gets the job a few years in this is what's happening and now her friends are sending her letters and emails saying like you're a bastard like why are you putting that uniform on and 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 so of course I asked her I said well have you ever have you not gone to work because of it and she yeah. said well no why would I not go to work this is my job and I was like yeah see that's the difference that's the difference between a police officer and me first of all totally. is if I get up in the morning and I'm thinking I have to go to some place where everyone's gonna hate me I'm not going. Yeah. Like yeah. it's pretty simple, right? I'm not sure I would enjoy that. It, like Exactly. Yeah. And and so I said and other people were telling me I was crazy that I would absolutely go. Yeah. But I said I I don't know if I would. Yeah. I don't know if I could 
put the uniform on and show up knowing, because I have so many friends from all different walks of life that no matter what I did, it would affect them, yeah. some of them, yeah. right? And and that, that reality was too much for me. And, and, and so I give, we, I give a lot of, well, obviously I know lots of good police. So yes. that's who I'm speaking of. I, I have of, no idea what the rest are like. And, of course. Um, I'm not trying to paint a whole bunch with a brush. Because what I've realized through this from myself is some of the biases I had, mm -hmm. right? Like, for example, for me to walk downtown at night and take pictures, because I like to take pictures. Yeah. Night is the f probably the best time. Um, I feel safe. Yeah. I feel safe because not only do I know there's police down there, mm -hmm. um, but I also know some of them, so I feel extra safe, yeah. right? But then I had to think about what about the people who don't know any of them? Mm -hmm. And maybe the last time they had a dealing with a policeman was somewhere else, even a different mm -hmm. city, yeah. but a police, and it was bad. Yeah. Right? Um, so they're not going to feel safe Yeah. where I feel safe. And mm -hmm. I had to really look at that in terms of my interactions. But then, of course, always comes back to um, us yeah. and, and how, what we can control. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when you said that, can control, can control. Because I used a specific technique with all of the new people I work with who come into recovery. Yeah, it's you because it's the fun. It's the foundation. Is what can you control? What can't you control? We're only going to focus on this. And I tell you, I don't. You've probably experienced. It's hard to keep people focused on this. For sure. Like the mind just gravitates to what we can't control. Because I think it. we all like control we all mm -hmm. like having the you know well if i do xyz then this happens yeah and i think that that's where i mean anxiety everything right mm -hmm. like stems from it it's we all want to have control yeah but we don't we don't Precisely. have a we have there's a whole lot of things we have zero control yeah. over and and it's really it's really easy to get caught up mm -hmm. It's easier to focus on those things than yeah. it is to be like, okay, well, what can I do at home? Mm -hmm. What can, how can I monitor my social media, yeah. you know, intake and all of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff? It takes, it's hard. It's yeah, not well, even hard. even talking about moder moderating social media intake and stuff yeah. like that—that that is such a, a key yes. because, it, oh. and whether we like it or not, and some people who are older than us for sure aren't happy about it, mm -hmm. <laughs> but the reality is that's the world. So we can either keep ignoring the fact that this is what we need to do. Yeah. We need to pay attention to how much time we're on Facebook. Like, and if, if people don't understand, just try it, practice. Take a look at Facebook. When you start getting agitated, put it away. Yeah. Figure, and you'll find out quickly how fast you return to a non-agitated state. Absolutely. Right? Once you get away from it. But you can scroll and keep getting oh. more and more agitated, right? Exactly. And, and I mean, you know, we, you talk about addictions, mm -hmm. and I, I, I think media and like the news and the newspaper. I mean, there's so many avenues now. You don't, you didn't, you don't just have to wait till six o'clock to mm -hmm. read fifty articles. Yeah. Like you, you, you can go immediately All and day. read a yeah. hundred of them, yeah. right? And you can. What goes with that too? Because I, I feel like our world is so polarized right now, and I and. You know, at first I was, during COVID, I was like, oh, it's kind of nice not to <laughs> see politics being all over your Facebook yeah. page. And now it's just like, oh, focus on COVID. But then it became, you know, people that weren't wearing mm -hmm. the mask and that, you know, <laughs> now there's polarization that way. And, and now oh God, there's polarization that way, right? Yeah. Like there's, 
there's so many avenues where we can be like, if you don't believe what I believe, mm -hmm. you're wrong and you're a bad person, mm -hmm. right? And and I think that's what scares me about social media yeah. because I that's what I feel. Like you can't yeah. you can't have a conversation about you know you even the Black Lives Matter yeah. over Facebook. Yeah. Like y you need that face to face. You need yeah. context. You need to be asking people. Well, okay, why do you believe that? Mm -hmm. Or okay, where's your place on this? And yep. you know, you need to be able to have that, but our world isn't like that mm -hmm. right now. And it's yeah. oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating because we're so quick to write people off, right? Yes. For a, for a mistake. And and I I come to this point every all the time with this because God, I thank God people didn't just cut me off after I and and leave me at 30 and say that's who you are, that's who you've always been, that's who you always be. Because that is so not true, right? We were talking, Darcy and I were talking about it on the way up here. Like, there, he doesn't even know me, yeah. like from before. Yeah. He's never met the drunk me or the partier me or even the promiscuous me. He has Absolutely. no idea about that. Yeah. He's known me with one partner. Yeah. I don't drink, right? And, and so that's how he knows me. It's, thank God he's been able to get to know me. Yes. As opposed to only me being 30 and always having to be 30. And that miserable son of a gun that I was, like, thank God nobody was able to write me off. Uh, uh, yourself included, right? Well, exactly. Like, I, I yeah. think there's, you know, being able to look at your younger self and go, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like the growth and the grace yeah. that you can give that person because you didn't know enough or, yeah. you know, you had a bad experience or whatever. I mean, mm. gosh, that's taken me freaking years to. Yeah you know forgive myself for who I was or just mm -hmm. at least go back to that younger self and say I'm sorry I didn't you know I didn't believe in mm -hmm. you as much yeah. you know and all of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so yeah with kids it's just like oh man this is terrifying <laughs> no doubt hey like I can't even imagine that I have no kids but um, <gasps> it's like that's way too much responsibility for me I have a cat and I'm like I'm absolutely certain I have messed them up. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, hey, yeah. that's what we always say. We're not going to put money aside <laughs> for their education fund. We'll put it aside for their counseling yeah. or their, psych, you know, psychology. psychologist fund. <laughs> <laughs> no matter, because people are people and, and that's what ahead. you do, I mean, what you do. And I, and I think that's, um, shame is such a huge response for people. And, yeah. and, you know, I think policing and all of that kind of stuff, if, if mistakes are made or, you know, you have, I listened to Anita's story mm. and like just that, like the, the you hide yourself yeah. because of shame and because mm -hmm. of fear, because of, you know, all these things like I can't even imagine. And, and we wonder why, you know, then they're in the news. Right. And it's like, yeah, man, we need to, we need to be better at walking alongside of each other and like, I love that walking yeah. alongside. Yeah. Yeah. So Walking yeah, COVID with. was an interesting mm -hmm. time frame too. Um, yeah, no doubt. I was I, I was actually, to be honest, I was quite concerned um, about police families during that time. Yeah. Um, because I mean, there was rumbling, and there was people that were saying, "Well, I don't let my husband or my spouse, you know, sleep in the same bed. I don't mm -hmm. let them see the kids." Like, and and my I was just like, <gasps> yeah, like what do you mean you mm -hmm. you know like they need that right now like and it yeah. was slow for them i yeah. mean 12 hours during covid was like 
Oh, that was well because there's nobody out. There was nobody out. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. still had the domestics went up. Jerks and, are still jer- actually. Yeah. My husband said actually that it wasn't that bad. Really? Um, now let's see. I, I, I always wonder if it's mm-hmm. the calm before the storm, right? Yeah. Co- COVID in general. Yeah. People are still trying to figure out what life looks mm-hmm. like, whether they've lost their job, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. I think the mental health and long-term mental mm-hmm. health of the city will play out in the next yeah. year. I think you're right. And, and uh, I spoke to a dispatcher and they had said that suicide calls were up. Were they, they were the one, the, the big one. Domestics were like in, in about district. About normal. Probably about normal, which is terrible because normal's not good. Normal's not yeah. good. <laughs> no, yeah. But, no, but yeah, like the, the suicide calls went up. Um, Almost overnight, she said. Wow. Because like a lot of people just aren't used to isolating. Oh. You know, and young people especially aren't used to it. I'm used to it. I'm an alcoholic. So back in my day, I was by myself most of the time. Totally. But I mean, now I had a partner, so that was weird. Yeah, yeah. And being <laughs> home, right? Like I, I think yeah. that was a challenge for everybody, right? Like oh. I, I actually, at one point I said to my husband, I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of mad and jealous that you still have your normal. Yeah. Right, like, and I, I think that was too, yeah. that was a hard thing for police spouses. It yeah. was like, there's this new normal, but then there's this fear co- compiled on this new normal, mm-hmm. right? And and like, yeah, that added a new L. And then you have your kids home all the time. And I mean, I choose that, mm-hmm. and that was hard. It's hard enough, yeah. right? Like, so people that are not making that choice. So I think it was a real that time frame was mm-hmm. again geez 2020 right <laughs> yeah and you can see how young people were affected by it because oh. as soon as they lifted some of the restrictions they were on the beach partying and totally and part of me is like oh you dumb kids and the other part of me is like i'd be doing the same damn thing if i was young again absolutely because yeah. you feel like you're invincible and all of that kind of stuff but there's also this balance of you know the mental health of mm-hmm. connection how important connection is for oh, people that yeah you know at what point mm-hmm. where does this you know this and, and i i swear i was like an emotional roller yeah. coaster every day because graham was exposed anyways mm-hmm. so but then you're like okay but they're saying cohort family but because we can't because he goes to work mm-hmm. and like there's these, these dynamics yeah. that every day you were you were challenged you know i think there's going to be good that comes from it i really mm-hmm. I really hope that um, I think society is, you know, busy as a status symbol. Mm. Um, I know people that run their kids to 500 different activities, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And I think that there was some beauty in, in families slowing down and Big spending time together and going like, oh, well, the kids actually are doing really well. They're getting along yeah. for the most part. And, you know, I, you hope that... It, it forces people again that intentionality i always come back to that because i think it's such an important piece like moving forward Mm -hmm. if everything gets lifted what do we want as a family and what Mm -hmm. is important to us and i think as police families that's important anyways yeah but for everybody i think it's Mm -hmm. i think it could be a beautiful thing yeah i agree i think when you mentioned earlier too the intentionality yeah and the because it, it intentionality just it hits me as mindfulness, right? So it is, yeah. and and being I love meditation and and I try to do it as much as I can. That mindfulness is always kind of what I want in yeah. my in my activities. Yeah. So like you're you're like you said, as we get back to normal, I totally I've already figured out some things I'm not doing anymore. 
Absolutely. Because I just was doing them automatically, right? Yeah. As opposed to I need to do this thing. It was just like happening, you know, and And I think we all live our life so much like that. Exactly. That if, and again in the police world I think it's you know, it's easy to just all not become roommates, but just mm -hmm. like you know, let your days just flow yeah. into each other, but then you wonder, like, we, I mean, we've full on told our kids, you are not number one in our life. Mm -hmm. You know, mom and dad are, you know, mm -hmm. for us it's God and then mom and dad, yeah. but you guys are not, because mm -hmm. if we're not okay, it means you guys are not going to be okay. Yeah. So like you ask them that's and they'll point. be like, oh, we're not number one, and, but, <laughs> but I think that's such a counter cultural yeah mentality i think you know kids mm -hmm. become your life and it's like you know i, I yeah. think that there needs to be a balance on that there's got to be whenever someone says this is my life it always makes me a little uneasy because it's sure. like well what happens if you lose that or it's what your identity if, yeah. piece, right and again for cops that's such a huge part big of big part of it yeah. right and and i think that um one of the things that we heard in marriage counseling which i just thought was so brilliant was there will always be things that try to come between you and your spouse mm -hmm. whether that's the job whether that's uh, your kids whether that's mm -hmm. all these things and you need to decide right now that this yeah. is you know n you will not let anything mm -hmm. come in between that and I think that you know it's for cops it's very easy to just I'm a cop right yeah. and I am a I am a cop and it's mm -hmm. like well no you're a dad and you're a yeah. brother and you're you know all these mm -hmm. things or sister or whatever and that's an important piece to remember thank you for bringing that up because I, I wanted to touch on it as a fam as a family when the uh, when the member starts to take on the identity way too much right mm -hmm. when that's all they do because mm -hmm. so, I know it's pretty common for young officers specifically yeah. mostly I guess yeah. um, as they're getting into it because they meet the, these other people that are like-minded we're totally. we're spending lots of time together but that's all they do yes right and and so have you experienced that with Graham or has it been more he's been more kind of centered um I would say your first five years again you're in that honeymoon phase and yeah. you're like I mean classes classes I mean they're you don't get an edge in on like that's all they're doing you know choke holds on you because they practiced it at right and they're asking telling yeah. you 10 codes and their world is that and mm -hmm. part of that is that it's such a um they don't want to mess it up mm -hmm. right and so yeah. that's their focus but i think that kind of bleeds into the first kind of few years yeah. anyways because yeah. there's this this excitement and i can't believe i'm a police officer mm -hmm. i get to bring a gun to work like yeah all of that comes into it and and then i i truly believe the guys that hold on to that and carry it throughout they're also kind of the most cynical bitter guys yeah. because you know everything that everybody else is doing is affecting their day-to-day -day mm -hmm. when it shouldn't be because yeah. again they can't control it you can't yeah. control executive you can't control mm -hmm. the politics and blah blah, blah. It, all of these things yeah. So you can usually see the ones that probably mm -hmm. have that identity too much yeah. because they're usually the most cynical. And so I would say, you know, Graham around your, he was in district four for eight years. That's a heavy, heavy district. He loved it. Yeah. But he even knew that he was starting to, mm -hmm. you know, when you're dealing with, you know, that population as much as you are mm -hmm. and you're going to the same calls and you're same people like, yeah 
you start getting annoyed and, mm -hmm. and, and probably losing that empathy piece a bit. Yeah. And so he was very aware and probably thanks to me because yeah. <laughs> we I always say that I'm the one that has but talked have, his ear off and, and yeah. slowly have kind of built this with him um, that he knew he needed to leave. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many officers, they're so afraid to leave what what is the thing they hate about change is change itself yeah. or something like yeah. there's that quote, change right? Change in general. <laughs> yeah, like they don't like change, yeah. but sometimes that's what they need the most. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing mm -hmm. to do because it's the fear of the unknown again, yeah. right? Well, I'm comfortable. Well, comfortable is not necessarily great when you're an officer either yeah. because you can get complacent bad and habits, all of bad habits, all kinds of stuff. right? Where mm -hmm. if you look at every situation and you go, okay, you know what? I'm getting kind of tired of this. I'm mm -hmm. not loving work as much as I used to. Um, I think I need to change. I need mm -hmm. to change districts. I need to look at a different way, right? Yeah. But I think that takes so much in, uh, um, you need to know yourself so yeah. much and know that it's, okay, you know, mm -hmm. that you need to kind of do that. Yeah. So I don't know, I, uh, lots of people, I'm always like, okay, you're well, at that five-year mark, it's time to change. It's a, it's a much better way to go when you can determine the change for yourself versus getting in trouble and having them change you. Absolutely. Right, and put you somewhere just to get you out of the way. Absolutely. Right, because we all, we both know the impact of that on the member and their family must be devastating. Oh, hugely. You know, when they when they get too far off the beam, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, yeah. And that's when they get moved or something changes for the negative. Yes. Uh, I just think there's so much to being uh, having the forethought. Yes. Right, like, uh, and that Graham made a good decision. That's obviously a healthy decision yeah. to say, you know what, I think I might be done. Yeah. in this area yeah. I should probably go try something different I mean he even went on front counter he chose yeah. front counter for a while because he was starting to not sleep well and yeah. so leading up until we went on holidays or something mm -hmm. he was like you know what I need to exercise I need to do this mm -hmm. but again is that because we've had so many conversations mm -hmm. like I always say you know m Graham and I talk a lot about other police situations and families and marriages and not to gossip but to learn mm -hmm. yeah and go okay what are we noticing what are we seeing mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff um it's probably me doing more of the talking we, we i had to laugh we had a hot tub this morning and he's like it's really nice having you in the mornings for, you know having a couple hot tubs but man the talking sure increases <laughs> <laughs> but 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 truthfully but that's that's our you know mm -hmm. Our hot tub has been an incredible yeah. way to decompress and, mm -hmm. and turn off TV and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Like, so I, again, I think that's where it's like you have to find out what works for your yeah. family, and you have to be intentional. You do, yeah. yeah I think that's huge. It's it's enormous. I don't think we could talk about intentionality enough because if you have intention in what you're doing, you're going to be focused. Mm -hmm. You're going to be there. You're going to be present. Y you also can weed out the things that. You know, does this align with mm -hmm. what our goals are as a family yeah. or, our, you know, what what's important to us? Then yeah. no, well, then we can say no to it, yeah. right? It, it's so much of the world is just saying yes to things mm -hmm. because we feel obligated or we feel guilt or we feel, yeah. I mean, so many emotions come into that, right? Mm -hmm. And family dynamics or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when you know what, when you're intentional, it's mm -hmm. easy to say yes or no. And that's for beyond the blue in general that's really what we wanted to create we've never had um, a policies and procedures manual mm -hmm. we've never had 
you know, and we really wanted to get clear on yeah. who we were and what we, um, what our goals were for the organization. And, mm -hmm. and the number one thing is to build resiliency within police spouses and families. Yeah. So how do we do that? Through community education and resources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Beyond the Blue has grown so much. Like I was saying, it, there's Canada Beyond the Blue. We're now in a bigger umbrella. Mm -hmm. And so now we get to feed off of and, you know, share resources with Toronto and mm -hmm. Vancouver and Peel, and we get to help each other. It's just like another extension of family. Yeah. And I think that um, it's obviously needed, like especially mm -hmm. out east. I mean, they have they have no peer support. They have no psychologists. They had mm -hmm. to do all that work themselves to try to vet mm -hmm. these all these people. And I'm going, wow, we are incredibly fortunate. Yeah. But we still need our families utilizing yeah. it. So we kind of bridge that gap, right? Because yeah. half the time, whatever our officers get, all the emails they get, mm -hmm. it doesn't make it home to us. Yeah. Right? They're inundated. They don't, you know. So that's where Beyond the Blue stepped in to yeah. kind of go, we need to bridge the gap between mm -hmm. psych services and, and, you know, our officers mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. Well, so. and the family, because the peer support only works with members, right? Yes. Yeah. Predominantly. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know that John would obviously oh, work with John anyone. has been incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I can't speak highly enough um, to him as well that I can, if I get a peer support call mm -hmm. that I'm not sure on how to, you know, I can call Stacy or I can call John mm -hmm. and they'll, and they'll help. And so I just am so um, incredibly grateful for them recognizing the mm -hmm. value of Beyond the Blue too. Um, because I truly believe that we could create, you know, healthier officers mm -hmm. um, by focusing on the families as well. Yeah. You can't look at it as like a, they're not just one unit mm -hmm. of just the officer. It, it's, yeah. it is a family unit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a big difference like between, uh, like for military wives or husbands, mm -hmm. for example, like if you go into wanting to be with someone who's in the military, and your expectations are totally unrealistic. Those marriages don't last very long either, no. right? Because the military, by, by the sounds of it, the military is very similar, yeah. right? You, you, not only is it like internally focused, yeah. where you have way more credibility if you're part of the internal yeah, absolutely. machine, right? Yeah. Whether it be family or member or a, a sworn or civilian, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so important, you know, to have that internal peace yeah. like the chaplaincy program for example do i think it's perfect no i don't but i think that if it keeps going it will evolve into something that is much different maybe than it looks now but better more effective i, I agree you know? i I, th I was sad when they removed the chaplaincy mm -hmm. program because i think there's just such value in that and and when i spoke to miriam and i was just like why have i not reached out to you guys as a resource sooner because mm -hmm. all of you have incredible like you know things that you do mm -hmm. um and speak to so you know one of the things that i talked to her about is like i want to access those and mm -hmm. and bring in more resources and workshops and stuff with the chaplaincy program mm -hmm. because again i think it's just another layer I, I mean as much as i love that we have psych services and all of these other things mm -hmm. they're also incredibly busy yeah. and so I don't want to be reactive. Mm -hmm. I want to. I want as Beyond the Blue to be a proactive resource mm -hmm. 
for families to go, yeah. here are some people that are doing amazing things. Yeah. We're going to bring them in and we're going to learn something. And like I said, tools for your toolbox mm. of maybe this doesn't impact me right now. Yeah. But if it if it does, then I have, I can remember, I can mm -hmm. pull from that. It's yeah. not, then you're not doing it reactively. And we're doing right? that at the end of the year, aren't we? Yes. Some of us are presenting to your... I think so. Well, I definitely talked to Miriam and yeah. said, there's things that I want to... She asked us, things. and I think I'm presenting on addiction. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, I, there I you didn't, go. I didn't realize the two were the same until you are talking. I'm like, I think we're going to be doing that I at the think, end of the year. Yeah. Or the new year. I can't remember. It's, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know that there's people out there doing incredible things, and so mm. I want to start tapping into those That's because so cool. I think, again, we, we don't need to look at them as the be-all, end-all. There no. is, you know, it's it's like, it, it always drove me crazy. I was a personal trainer for a long time and you'd go to the Cairo and you'd say, okay, like, how can I help this client? Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, well, you know, like I can only help them kind of thing. It's that mentality. And it's yeah. like, I think that's like a very, there's, it's, it's silly, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. all have a place and a purpose yeah. and we can. Well, some people aren't going to go to a psychologist. They're not. Some people aren't going to go to a chaplain. Yeah, exactly. Some people aren't going to go to peer support, right? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to smile again so I could see his teeth. I know. Yes. Because <laughs> all my front ones on the top are all fake. So. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Every knows. time I see a kid with no teeth, I'm like, ah, I like. That. I know that. Yeah, I know, I know that like. look. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, we had a str strategy meeting mm. um, with our team. Uh, we're looking to grow because there's only four of us, and we're all volunteer, which. Wow which it has been an incredible journey mm -hmm. and I'm super excited about where we're at right now and the vision that we have for the future and, yeah. and um, I think it's just gonna grow and be able to we're gonna be able to help more families mm -hmm. and that's ultimately our goal is to do absolutely that. yeah thank you so much oh is there anything else you want to talk about no I just no not at all that I'm was fantastic how long did we go Darcy Oh, okay. Oh, holy moly. I lost track Sorry. of Sorry. No, are you kidding me? We can go two, three hours if we need to. Four. I don't know about these guys, though. I don't know if they'll be able to handle three more hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You could handle it. <laughs> they're pretty, they're, they're good kids. Like, He's got his so. weekend mood shirt on. He's oh, good. I know, totally. <laughs> his dab. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, if there's ever, like, do you guys have anything coming up in terms of fundraisers or... How do we call, how do people contact you? Um, we have our email is info at calgarybeyondtheblue.com. Okay. Um, that's just our general one. Um, and then our Facebook site is, I mean, sorry, not our Facebook. Our Facebook is uh, members only. Mm -hmm. um, we really look at confidentiality and, yeah. and a secure place. Um, but calgarybeyondtheblue.com. Okay. Yeah. And so if you're out there, like just so you, everyone knows who listens, if you're not a member, like a family of a sworn or civilian member, just sworn, just sworn at, at, the, at, at this, this time. time. Yeah. Okay, so if you're, if you're not, then obviously Beyond the Blue is probably not for you. However, you might know someone who's a family member yeah. of, of a active sworn member. Uh, then you can absolutely reach out and ask for information. Absolutely. Right on. And we I, will be looking at, yeah, fundraisers and, and donations and sponsorships and yeah. all of that kind of stuff so that we can better serve our... Because you're, you're coming, trying to become a charity, right? Yes. You're in the process. Yes, we're say. in the process. Yeah. So hopefully by January we'll be a 
charity status. Excellent. Did you file your papers already and everything? We filed everything. We're just now Sweet. waiting. Yeah. I, I think it took us. It took us a year and a half. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. But it can take up to three years, I guess. Holy moly. Depending. Moment. You have an existing program. Though, yeah. So I don't think it's going to be that. Long. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. But ours was. We'll we, wait like, as long as we need to. I know, right? You're in. What's a year and a half? We, yeah. We exactly. Waited. And once it's done, it it just it gets a problematic thing out of the way. Absolutely. Right? Because yeah. I know like lots of people who donate and want to donate because there's so many people looking for good things to donate to. Um, they want some, they don't want necessarily, but a receipt is nice to have for tax time. Oh, for sure. Right? So, oh, it's it's huge, right? Yeah. Your, your, your ability to look at kind of bigger donations and not just like 50 bucks here. I know. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like After I said that, I just realized we just had a donor who's like totally not interested in that. <laughs> he wouldn't have cared what, what it was really, but... It's it's nice to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I was checking out your website too. It's oh, awesome. And thank you. It's incredible what you're doing and how you're giving back. And well, and you again, know, it's that peer kind of, oh, you know. You know what's super like? It's beyond my controls. Yeah. All of this is beyond my control because, like, somehow I've been like partnered up with a bunch of volunteers. Yeah. Who are just absolutely willing to do stuff, volunteer. Isn't it? It's incredible? probably yeah, like yourself. Like yeah. that is. Oh. It is such a, because they, they're kind of like when I was starting off. Yeah. Because I would have done it all for free too. Right? Totally. And I still would do yeah. it all for free if I could afford to live. Exa right? Exactly. <laughs> I always say, yeah. I do a lot of great work for no money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Graham, for <laughs> allowing me to do that. Exactly, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's because of people who donate that allow us to continue to do the work and to, gar to gather other wicked people who have so much to offer in different directions. Absolutely. the same work. Yeah. Right? Um, so what an incredible thing. Thank yeah, God. you should check, check out Dr. Jody Carrington right now too. Okay. She's got like a, she really works with teachers, but her mm -hmm. whole focus is trauma. She loves talking about trauma mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, PTSD yeah. and OSI. And, but uh, she has a whole Hello Heroes course right now. Oh, okay. And like for first responders and yeah. their families. And so, so we brought her in. Dr. Who? Dr. Jody Carrington. Jody Carrington and the program was? Hello Heroes. Hello Heroes. Okay. Yeah. And she does a lot with educators and stuff yeah. too, but she worked with an RCMP kind of detachment for a long okay. time with trauma and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. So she's got some credibility that way. We brought her in on during COVID and uh, people know who she is. She's hilarious. She mm. swears like, a, like she's a hilarious yeah. and, and speaks really well to that, that you know the first responder world mm -hmm. yeah. um and yeah so she she was a hit she we brought her in which was yeah. great yeah cool yeah that's awesome i'm encouraged i want to look it up uh, look up her stuff yeah um because as we start this we're going to be doing that ptsd podcast yeah. oh totally and that's the cool thing about that is that it's going to be first responders talking to first responders right and veterans talking to veterans and yeah. to me there in my mind there's nothing better Peer support is such an important part. It's such a big part yeah. that I so, think is kind of, la you know, like the education on that is lacking. Yeah. We need big to time. be, we need to focus on that more yeah. like during classes or something, right? Like, But you, you're like, wh when we're talking about classes and going back to classes and teaching, they need to stop making it six months and make it a year. Uh -huh. Teach them, teach the, the recruits ethics. Like just, because I, what I understand is they get like an hour maybe an hour and two, maybe two hours of ethics throughout yeah. six months. Yeah. Now I'm not, don't quote me on that because totally. I've never been yep, through it, yep. but it's something it's like changed. that. Yeah. And, and even less 
on some other things that are probably pretty important to policing. Yeah. You know, like um, marginalized populations. Yeah. You don't learn a whole lot about that. Yeah. Right. And and what it what goes into, like I don't believe that like the majority of people who go through the police training, wherever they go through it, they don't get enough on marginalized, mm-hmm. and which is in my mind is a big oversight because that is 90% of the people you're dealing with. Absolutely. And if I, not, maybe more than that. Absolutely. And yeah. I think even like, you know, populations, right? Yeah. Like, okay, so you go up to district four and you're, you know, the Sudanese culture, you're Precisely. dealing with them, right? So yeah. what does that mean? What does that look like in their culture, how they treat police and, and, and then how to do that, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, the, the First Nations and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff because... Yeah. It, it is tricky, right? Like when you do deal with them on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis, it's like, are you, yeah. do I call that racist or, or it, could it be done better? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what needs to be looked totally. at. Totally. And right? you know what I think it would be, I think it would wide o- blow people wide open just simply saying, let's just try to learn some empathy. Yeah. Let's teach these officers empathy. Because if they don't have it, we can probably teach some of it, yeah. right? And because I, I know... And I get it. There's, like we were talking about before, we don't want to make officers vulnerable in the middle of their shift to like an emotional breakdown. Yeah. We're I, I get we're trying to avoid that. Yeah. But wouldn't it be better to control the breakdown a little bit yeah. and be there when it happens? Like, if if it's going to happen halfway through a shift, like wouldn't it be okay if that member felt good enough to talk to their buddy and say, hey, you know what, I kind of need some time away here. Yeah. Like, is there something that we can do? Can we talk to the sergeant? But I know until we get to that point where those conversations are easy, totally. it's hard. You're gonna you're gonna always struggle, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's a different world it is. right now. And again, I the the yeah. the talk and all of the conversations are good, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's mental health. Yeah. It's gonna take a while to break down, right? Yeah. Break down those barriers. Yeah. Break down the, you know. For a while, everybody called Dr. Bonkers, right? The fact that they called, right? That It just shows you that the, there's still, and I mean, that's dark humor. That's it, part of totally. cop world as well. Yeah. But I, also I think, think there's there an element some, of that yeah. that, you know, just yeah. speaks to where it needs to change. Too. Exactly, because even just, even if though it's a joke, and we all know it's a joke, Dr. Bonkers, ha, 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 when new recruits hear that, they're not going to Dr. Bonkers. Nobody wants to be labeled bonkers, right? Totally. So <clears throat> it's a great joke until it's not a joke. Until that person yeah. needs and they hesitate. That's right. Because they've been, you know. Because it's been inundated, right, exactly. around them. Yeah. Yeah. That if you go there, people are going to know you're crazy, your career's over. Exactly. Because I've heard all that stuff. Like, yeah. if you talk to anyone about your emotions and how you're feeling, your career's over. They're going to tell everybody. You're going to be... And it's like, and I sit there and I listen to these conversations. I'm, where are you getting this information from, first of all? Because that's not true. true. (laughs) Not true. That is not true. You could go to anyone that has a confidentiality clause. We won't tell anybody anything. Exactly. Because first of all, not only do I like my job, right? I appreciate people's like privacy. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, And in terms of that kind of stuff, I just think like you're, you're, you're off base. Yeah. Because those of us in a position to talk about other people's like internal lives, mm-hmm. we don't want to. Absolutely. Right? We don't want to. No. Because we know that's not helpful. And I, again, I think training for sergeants and, and choosing, you know, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's good leaders and bad leaders, yeah. but I can tell you Graham's had some phenomenal leaders mm -hmm. and that their team in general is a tight unit and they can call on each other and be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Right? Yep. But that's not, and I know that's not realistic everywhere or that's not happening everywhere. It's not everywhere. the norm everywhere, yeah. Right? And yeah. so, you know, the promotional process and I mean, all of that. I mean, there's so many changes oh. that could be yeah. And I think the chief is looking at some of that, and, and I hope whether he looks at the promotional. Whether it, I know we're we're gonna go down that road in January. So <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, yeah. Oh. So that's that's the next. He has to run for the CPA and go for promotional process oh. in the next kind of short amount of time. So um, you can always tell when it. the members are going for promotion. Oh eh? yeah, because yeah. they're miserable. Uh -huh. <laughs> like anxious. And the amount of and the amount of time they put in outside yeah. of work is, yeah. is getting crazy. their packages ready is just, oh, it's, it's insane the amount of work yeah, that goes into it. Yeah. Not to mention like just the, if you just talk about the amount of work about the promotional process, that needs to change. For sure. But we're gonna talk like we get down to the business of the promotional like process. Who they're in actually general. looking at and what yeah. you know and what does it's a, a leader, little shady. What does the leader look like and yeah. who should be in those positions yeah. and Sometimes yeah. it looks a little shady to an outsider, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it, and the reason I say that is because I probably don't know all the details. I admittedly yeah. don't. I'm quite ignorant. But it does look pretty shady. Yeah. Especially when you hear people talking about it. You know, when they're going through it and they're like, yeah, you know what? Like we, most of us know we don't have a chance. It's these two guys that we know they're going to get it. Like, and that's kind of the talk from And that's a people, lot of work to go through to right? potentially, you know, yeah. know that you're not going to get it, right? Yeah. And then you get a lot of people that would be incredible leaders that yeah. don't want to go down that route because they don't, like, they're like, no, I'm yeah. not doing, like, I'm not going to do that, yeah. right? When you're like, no, you would be an incredible <laughs> leader, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. It's like we had a, a, member, we had a young lady on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I said, do you have any any plans on like running for office? Because we need people to make change, and that's where the change is made. Yeah, the change isn't made. Like we're not really mad at the police. No, we're mad at the rules that are in place, and of course those officers that are assholes yeah. that make it look awful. Yeah, right. That's who we're mad at. Mm -hmm. So let's just be sure we're mad at the right people. Yeah, and honestly, I'm more mad at the government, yeah. municipal, provincial, federal, as opposed to how they drop the ball because that teaches every other level of um, service from that, those branches of government. It yeah. teaches them how to act, yeah. right? And so like when our prime minister takes a knee like a tool that he is, thinking that he's doing something good, when really everybody wants to see him get off his knees and go to work. What we want, you can or change this stuff. condoning bad behavior, right? Yeah, you can change this stuff. Yeah. Why are you lazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll take a knee. Let me take a knee with my fellow human beings here. Yeah, exactly. Well, you go to your office and maybe change a law or two. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, to me, that's baffling. Yeah. Right? But um, it's the same idea with promotion. Like, I, my, my friend Dominic, he's a staff sergeant. Yeah. And, and, like, I'm always asking him, like, are you going to go for inspector? And I, I kind of ask him now to put the knife in a little totally. bit because I know how hard it is. Yeah. But it, he's like, um, he never really answers me anymore yeah. because he's like, I just don't know. Like it's such a confusing I'm not sure, process. I'm not sure it's worth it, right? Precisely. Like, like yeah. when you start weighing the mm. the cost benefit, yep. right? Like the pros and cons. Like, yep. okay, I'm going to be doing more work. You know, like yep. all of that comes into play. And right? it means less time with family, with it, kids. Right? Exactly, and, yeah. and and you know, I'm very fortunate. Graham is 
he he doesn't make any decisions without mm -hmm. us having a conversation. Yeah. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah. I go, okay, I know I'm going to be probably with the kids more by myself mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah. But that's a choice we make. And again, that's, I mean, that's the teamwork, right? That's like an we, essential we conversation. Call, we, we call ourselves Team Ernst. Yeah. Like, Team Ernst does this. Team Ernst mm. doesn't do this. Like, like yeah. and, and that's the, the language we use with our kids mm. because they need to know that, like, mom and dad, like, we make the choices together and yeah. we do things, you know. Uh, but that is everywhere. Like, yeah. he's not going to go for promotion if it means I'm losing my mind at home. Yeah. He won't do it. Especially if the promotion the promotional process is that stressful. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because you've already got enough going on at home. Exactly. Because you know he's bringing that home. Yeah. Can't help but not, right? Like, of course. It's like walking around with an extra piece of luggage on your back, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. So how did you guys meet then? <laughs> Are we still recording? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Totally. Okay. That's Never cool. Mind. No, how do we meet? Yeah. How do we meet? Uh, Heather's event. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. my partner had yeah. a... She put on an arts festival, uh, cool. Indigenous Arts Festival, because she's, in, she's Indigenous, she's Métis. And so she put this all together, a bunch of artists. Darcy was the pod, the guy who came in to do the panel. Yep. You, they, what were you guys doing a panel on? Uh, just Indigenous art. Okay. And like yeah. Art, like how Indigenous artists kind of live and get noticed. Yeah. Stuff. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It was a really cool festival. Yeah. So then for, after the festival was over, I think it might have been a month later or something like that. Yeah, something two like month that. or two later, uh, I was talking to Heather about starting a podcast. Yeah. I said, I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I need because I had no idea. Like No clue. I was very late to the podcast train. Yeah. So um, she goes, well, why don't I just connect you with Darcy and we'll go from there. That was two years ago. We, I was going to say, you have a lot. Like, How often yeah. are you putting out podcasts? We try to put at least one a week. That's we're amazing. gonna we're, yeah we're gonna try to get yours in between okay so where we might stagger it um, so it might be a couple weeks out hey that's because we have so this weekend we've got the the member from another agency yep. coming on and then next weekend we're gonna have we have a, a representative of um, oh, I can't remember the name of the organization yep. then the week after that I think we'll have you great on the weekend. yeah that's awesome because we're we want to we're trying to do some special ones especially because of the time right now yeah and we, we were trying to get the, these messages out to other people who are probably experiencing much the same. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like maybe some some um, residual hate, right, yeah. like out there. And so anyway, we're just trying to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's we had no idea. Cool. We have how many episodes? One hundred and five recorded, something like that. In We've, two years, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and we're coming up on our third year beginning. So well, and, and uh, like. I love stories. I mm -hmm. love all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. podcasts play really. I love podcasts. I listen to Me them too. all the time. I yeah. go for walks. I listen to podcasts. So I I I love the idea of it. And so mm -hmm. today on my way out here, I'm like, man, that should be a goal of Beyond the Blue is have a podcast, right? Whether it's like once a month to begin yeah. with, right? Like, and you bring on guests and yeah. stories and how families get through hard times mm -hmm. and like all of that. I'm like, yeah. man, that would be amazing. Well, you know, you now know a producer yeah. <laughs> who absolutely is mobile. Yeah. That's and he, he doesn't have to bring me along. You can do your own podcast and like, absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Well, that's exciting. Totally. I, th I think it's a, I think it's a great way to uh, share information. Yeah. I love the long form of it. Yes. That there's no timeline, like time, you have to end here. Um, I, I like it. I mean, obviously, it's different depending on who's talking. Yeah. Like, 
Um, but because some people were like 45 minutes, right? We have like maybe two of those yeah. where they were just like, once they were done, I could tell they were done. They were done. It was like, they're just staring at me and I'm like, okay, we'll just finish Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate you inviting us into your home. Oh my goodness. I'm like, so grateful you guys came out here. And oh, this was amazing. I'll take you for a golf cart ride if you want to go see the rest of the resort. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go for a golf cart ride. <laughs> I know. It's hilarious out yeah. here. It's like, we always joke that my my in-laws, they go on a boat ride every night and yeah. kind of just go putter and, and we go on our golf cart ride. Yeah. Like we put the kids to bed and we go on a golf cart ride. Like it's That's fantastic. Funny. Yeah. It reminded me of we were driving around because when we pulled in behind you over here, yeah. there was like a jacked up one behind oh, us. Oh gosh, yeah. You'll it was see. all raised. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Big tires. Like, yeah, and it it's... reminded me of Palm Springs. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. Because it's a golf cart community after golf cart community. Absolutely. So they have a golf cart lane on the roads. Oh my gosh. I so, didn't know that. I know. Some of the roads have it. So you could, as you're driving down, I saw this one that had like, it was like a low rider with oh, spinners. Oh totally. Yeah. Had spinners on it and everything. It was like, it must have been a $10,000 golf cart, probably. Easily, easily. Like some more. of them out here are, yeah. you can tell, are the fancy, like, yeah. people have done a lot of work to them. I, I just, I love the idea of a golf cart community because it's it, it reminds me of, like, just slow. It is. Yeah. And that's what we love out here. It really is, like, a, you know, a great thing, for, especially for my husband. Yeah. To just, like, he comes out here and you can just see his body mm-hmm. just kind of... Because, yeah. I mean, with CPA and being a constable, like, you, you, Where's you, he now? you see both. He's in 6th District. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a place of yeah. escape for us, right? That's and so and good. I mean, the kids, I, I, I don't want to say we don't have to parent our kids out here, but they definitely have freedom that they don't mm. have in the city. The way we probably did when we were kids. 100%. Yeah. And my husband grew up on a ranch, right? And so, oh, okay. I mean, he was riding snowmobiles at eight and like <laughs> and I like the stories I hear I'm like okay he was I'm probably driving sure. a truck at 10 totally yeah, yeah with his brothers in the back <laughs> to his aunts right like yeah and they were drunk terrifying right like <laughs> yeah but out here like the kids have freedom and yeah. they've got we're in the city and I, I appreciate my husband for that because obviously police officers in general can be a little bit more non-trusting of everybody mm. yeah um and Graham always talks about how he has to go against that because yeah. he knows the value in what that does to kids' self-confidence mm-hmm. and their self-esteem to be able to like go out in the world and just try yeah. things and, and, and explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's hard for police officers to do. Yeah. To allow that to happen. I right? can only imagine. Yeah. That hypervigilance leads everywhere. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. It's been great. This is awesome. Tara? Appreciate you and wish you nothing but luck with Beyond the Blue. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And You're us welcome. too. And we'll, we look forward to having you guys out oh. to our events and stuff. Totally. That'll you know what? I'm looking forward. Now I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so exactly. Had, at first I was like, I don't know. I got to do a presentation. Like, are they going to be a bunch of stuff shirts? And, you know. Definitely the, not. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it'll be great. Because we're all human. Man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. 
Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.